I'm Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. The year's 1960. The album is The Button-Down Mind of Bob Newhart. The artist, obviously, is Bob Newhart. My guest is Karen Lentowski. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, okay. So, And I didn't. I did the right thing. I didn't say thanks for being here, because we're here at your place. Thank you for hosting <laughs> Good. Um, with your adorable dog and letting me give treats to your dog. Good, and hopefully no fire engines, but I have a lot of them. <laughs> oh, do you really? <laughs> um, okay, so... Why did you pick this album? You know, uh, when I was a kid, there were like four or five. I mean, obviously, all the Bill Cosby albums I loved. And um, these were really my parents' albums. Uh-huh. But this one really spoke to me. Uh, in, and I really think it was Bob uh, Bob's demeanor. Mm-hmm. And the brilliance of the one uh, conversation, the one-way conversation. But I really liked his topics. And I felt like it's very interesting, even as a kid, even not having that much knowledge about comedy, mm-hmm. that his pauses were, like, I remember them. I remember waiting for the mm-hmm. punchline because mm-hmm. of the way he delivered his jokes. And um, did he, yes, and we actually used to, the Bob Newhart show was on at the time that I was actually listening to them. So sure. that would be, let's see, the, um, I was born in 65, mm-hmm. so, and you just said the album was 1960? Yeah, the, this album was 60, so then the show came out, what, 70? Would it, 73 be, maybe? would it be 73? So that I would be right? like, that sounds about right. Okay. Um, so I was already a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think, you know, even now, I'm a fairly clean act. I'm kind sure. of, I call myself Fluff. Uh-huh. So I <laughs> I think I always liked Fluff. He's mm-hmm. kind of Fluff, you know. Uh, but I really, um, in fact, I went back and listened to it again. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated at... Um, it's just a time thing. But one of his intros was um, about a driving instructor yeah. that has the worst uh, possible, um, what is that called, circumstances. And he goes, a woman driver. I know. I know. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. Okay. But you know what's great is that's like the worst of anything he's ever done. I, I know. Mean, and in those days, that yeah. was the joke. It was tame. Yeah, yeah, it was tame. I mean, if you took a woman driver out of it and just said bad driver, it's a great sketch. It's a great sketch. Uh, but I, I do wonder if he still does it. I don't know if he does or not. I'm not sure. Have you seen him live? Have you ever seen him live? I haven't, but my parents saw him live a couple years ago. Really? And uh, everything that I've read about him, he like has not missed a beat. Like yeah. He is still really sharp on it, which is amazing to me that his best friend is uh, Don Rickles. I know. That is the oddest combination. <laughs> that <laughs> it's so great. It makes it... Well, I mean, I'm sure you're friends with some, you know... Foul mouth comics too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. It's that's fun, true. right? But, not, but my best friends a lot like me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I I can understand that. Do you? But you know, it's funny. It's like to use the term fluff. I mean, but he can also get. It's not like you you can be fluff, but also be super dark. Oh yeah. Oh, you know? Well, you know, and I don't even realize that I'm dark uh-huh. because. Um, I do paranormal investigation and ghost hunting, and I match it with, I know, and read tarot cards, and I match it with comedy, and I work at paranormal conventions, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I forget that, like, Ouija boards or talking about people who are dead or Mm -hmm. joking about death is dark. I forget that. Yeah. Um, So I guess you could say, you know, even being fluff, I'm dark, but I'm, you know, usually not hurting anyone. Right. Is your instinct that, are you assuming that people assume when you talk about that stuff that it's fringe, or that they think you're being 
weird? Like, is what is your the reaction you're expecting to get when you talk about that stuff? Well, there's a big chunk of it that I can make mainstream. Okay. Which would be which, and it's it's pretty, and it's all pretty simple. I mean, not to you don't have to laugh at this joke, but it's things like, you know, ghosts are just energy that used to be able to turn TVs on and off all the time, mm -hmm. but now they just stand around the three remotes going, I don't know which one it is. <laughs> or, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, no, it's great. Yeah. Bringing it down to a level that it's not, you don't have to be a paranormal investigator to get it, or just a ghost story or stuff. Uh -huh. So, what I have to learn is, um, like, it took me a long time to actually get my Ouija board jokes to, I had to mm -hmm. get it so, those have to be so almost light and simple so they don't have to think so I think that um, I'm very careful with that material yeah yeah I bet I bet well I mean you know you you could run into judgmental people yeah you run into people who may be laughing N not maybe definitely laughing for the wrong reasons you know yeah. like but you're fully aware of it exactly I, I do like though that to be a you know it's it's not typical of a comedian most comedians I think are, are so cynical yeah to be as interested as you are and convicted as you are uh, I, 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 you know, there's something to be admired about that. What is, what a, for you, what is the joy of finding humor in something that's that close to you and maybe that important to you? Because um, it's not always easy to laugh at the stuff you enjoy. You know, that, that's true. Or it can be too close. Like you can yeah. miss a joke. In fact, that is, I'll use the Ouija board as a real, um, it is an instant because I don't use Ouija boards and I don't suggest anyone uses them. Yeah. So I was coming at them from a bigger place and a place of fear mm -hmm. when I finally got it and I just lowered it down and it was that, um, you know, and it's awful, it sounds awful. Someone said that a Ouija board will scream when you burn it. Uh -huh. And I said, well, that's only true if you light it on fire while it's still in your friend's lap. <laughs> so, it, yeah. so, but you know, I was too close to it. And actually there's a long story that I do that I'm getting ready to release in a video that is about a very negative dark spirit attachment that I had mm -hmm. that was, so that's kind of a, that is the one more so where um, I can do it in front of crowds and sometimes they're laughing hysterically and sometimes they're just like I did it in front of a crowd where they laughed hysterically and then they were just like you're crazy oh, <laughs> like, that's alright as long as you laughed uh, yeah right yeah no I suppose so I mean <clears throat> I mean that is the interesting I, I mean <laughs> is there a part of you that's like the comedian part of me will take the laugh and the rest of me will take the rest of it home or do you like how do you bifurcate these things I'm curious well you know it's funny because um, there there seems to be a line that aggravates me that that I'm and I'm not even that positive what the line is but once um, because I also read tarot cards as a job mm -hmm. um, but once I was on a podcast and it was just debating whether there is life afterlife or something like that okay. and I don't even think I was on there five minutes before someone called me a fraud oh, yeah. okay. and I was okay. like I wasn't even reading cards I wasn't I was just mm -hmm. you know um, actually stating medical facts and that really rubbed me the wrong way yeah. that was ridiculous and then somebody else did a podcast once and I don't even know that he realized it but in the beginning he said well, I don't believe anything she said, but it's an enjoyable podcast. <laughs> oh and God. somebody from the paranormal communities, they started to go, you know, what was that about? And yeah. so, and he, I think he cut it off. But no. it was actually from probably one of the nicest guys that didn't even realize, sure. yeah. you know. So even I'm like, but if you're going to laugh with me, or like I'll, on Bob and Tom, I, uh, they don't believe at all. But uh -huh. they'll go with the joke sure. and they'll ask questions. So, um, so as long as someone treats me with somewhat respect, I'm good with it. So. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and I can understand that. I mean, you, if, if you know know that you're facing this I, 
you, you, if you're going to face like that kind of dismissiveness immediately, right? What else? A, what else are you going to do? Uh, B, I guess you should be. I, I don't know. Like, God, that's rough. Like, I can't imagine because it's uh, you know one of the things you always talk about with stand-ups is perspective and point of view, and mm-hmm. like when you've got a point of view that is again like most people would consider fringe or don't understand like that's its own thing altogether which is funny because you are a brilliant interviewer because you just turned my fluff into something very important and now I'm like whoa I'm not even who I thought I was <laughs> because I think you know like I don't do political stuff yeah. I don't want to I don't want the fight and sometimes I put the jokes on Facebook and then I try to you know just not I don't really want confrontation mm-hmm. and I am a positive thing but usually, like I said, I can tone it down somewhat. Mm-hmm. But all the things I want to do are have to do with the paranormal, the TV shows that I pitch, the yeah. you know the podcast and everything, which is very interesting because you do have to get a thick skin. I know um, I don't watch the Long Island Medium that much, uh-huh. but I know she's unbelievably popular. Right. And there's a guy that just writes books against her. That's his whole thing. <laughs> wow. Okay. One after the other after mm-hmm. the other about how she's a fraud. Like mm-hmm. he is just hating her and I think exactly like that much hate must really be I don't know but I guess if I'm going to keep doing paranormal I might learn to to set that up but yeah it is weird wow yeah I mean there is a bonus I think maybe and I could be completely wrong so I'm not in your shoes but the idea that let's say I was that was actually going to be my next question like how many people come to you pitching this idea of a show but you're already doing it yourself like (laughs) I'm sure you've got a million variations on it but like I feel like that's at least your angle. I mean, you, yeah. not that you're necessarily hiding behind the comedy, but you have it. There would be more value to it other than like if you're doing a show. Like, yes, there's a paranormal thing, but like I myself, I would be watching it to see how funny you make it. You right. know, so at the very least, there are two things there, and it doesn't. Again, it's one thing if if you're what's his name, John. I can't remember his name, but the guy who says he can talk to the dead. Oh, John Edwards. Not, yeah. Yes, that guy. Whether he can or not, uh, he's not funny and not interesting. <laughs> so at the very least, there's. There's 100% I'm not interested in. There would at least be 50% where I'd at least try and watch something to be right, funny. Right. Even about, again, about something they like. Well, there's, a, there's an interesting thing to that, which is I do a show, and I do a show called Psychic Stand-Up once a month, uh-huh. where um, comics come on, they do their set, then they ask me a question, and I read tarot cards. Awesome. Okay. And I have another show that I do with my friend Lamont Ferguson, where he takes questions from the crowd, and I read after an hour of stand-up. Uh-huh. And we, I do really read, but I do really make it funny. Sure. You know, and so we make it um, a <laughs> Because I love all the ghost shows and all the paranormal shows. But, you know, if you get a... uh, I feel like things become mainstream through comedy. Mm -hmm. There's sort of a little cult thing of the paranormal. And then if I could... I think when it's ready to go mainstream, it'll come through me or through a comic. Mm -hmm. And I can present all these things funny. I know funny ghost hunting. I know when you're doing the history of a place, I know how to make that funny. Mm -hmm. Plus, I'm just goofy. So that enhances the whole thing. But that's my whole idea is that um, it could go mainstream from the people that just want to see what is she doing? Yeah. What, you know, she's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What is she? Right. Um, in fact, I'm starting a little web series called Paranormal Karen. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's like if I get to go to the Mothman Festival, you would be like, what's the Mothman Festival? And I would have tears because I'm so happy to be there because uh-huh. it's my favorite cryptozoological creature, you that's know? That's awesome. Okay. So, so that's what I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's a big, um, now you got me chatting. I can't <laughs> shut up about the I derailed us, don't worry. <laughs> the, um, there's a 
big new age movement coming now. Like it's literally the world is changing, mm-hmm. and um, these things are going to become way more. Um, there's a thing called indigo children. They're children that are much more advanced than okay. the rest of us, and they're. You might find parents that don't understand their kids really see ghosts or really are talking about right. the future, and they're right and. Um, and there are more of them, and they're very confused. That's where we're getting a lot of autism or okay. ADD, or people aren't understanding because there are these higher spirits that are coming to the world. See, now you can make fun of me right now. Feel I could, <laughs> I could, but why would I? I mean, you're telling me something you're interested in. I have no interest yeah. in making fun of it. Um, but, I make fun of anything. <laughs> well, I think they are being, a lot of them are being misdiagnosed, and mm-hmm. people don't know what to do with them. But if there's goofy Karen on the TV and it's brought through humor, mm-hmm. I think it lessens it. So hopefully someday that's what I'll do but you will see more new agey stuff happening and I believe UFO stuff is going to start the mm-hmm. lid's going to start to come off that and it's just a transition that's happening yeah. so um, I'm trying to figure out a smooth way to get us back to Bob Newhart I know I totally I derail this completely I do this every time though. Don't, don't, like I get so involved in, in my guest's work that it's just like so okay you first hear Bob Newhart let's say around when you're 13 okay is that ish? Is I would say, yeah, you said? Ten, oh, 10, 10 would be oh, Okay, yeah. okay. So, but it's your parents' album. Yep. Uh, what was what was their taste? What was comedy's presence in your house like? Well, my house was very, very funny, but it was also terrifying at the same time. Mm. So maybe that was one or the other. But I think that um, I learned as probably most comics did, to break the tension through laughter. Yeah. I think if you ever had a movie that could show how someone would become a comic, you'd have two kids, drunk father, which was not my father, mm. throwing things around, breaking them, and in a tense moment, one kid looks at the other and says, I never liked that lamp. <laughs> and just in that second, yep. learning that you can make, that's all you can do with a moment, mm-hmm. um, I think that's where comics are born. So I learned to be funny there, and then when I, I don't even remember... We weren't allowed to watch TV as a kid. Okay. So I vaguely remember when people talk about TV, so I didn't really see Carol Burnett. I remember a little Mary Tyler Moore. Mm-hmm. Laverne and Shirley got shut off as soon as someone said Vodio Dodo. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And um, I can't remember what else. So when I heard these albums, especially Bob Newhart, I was like, what are these? Where is this that people are just laughing and yeah. listening, and how does this happen? <laughs> and um, so I think I was pretty fascinated by it, and also the just how smart that people seemed, mm-hmm. especially Bob Newhart. He's yeah. so smart, and it just comes through. Yeah. And this timid person was like in control of all these laughs. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just great. Oh, it's 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 so wonderful. I, I, now I do wonder. This is something we don't bring up that often because. I don't make it a point to just, hey, you're a woman, let's talk about being a woman. But I am interested, I mean, how much stand-up by women were you exposed to at all as a kid? Probably none. That's probably why I didn't really think it was a job. Yeah. Um, I knew a little, which is funny, because later in life I became introduced to Gracie Allen, who is my all-time favorite. Yeah. Yeah. who um, does not get the... Somebody should be making movies about her. She oh, yeah. was just fabulous. Um, so she sort of became my icon because there really... I don't know any albums or anything like that. I think I had a Bette Midler tape okay. once. But um, I don't... Other than people would talk about Phyllis Diller. Yeah. And and I don't remember a Phyllis Diller album. Right. Nobody had that. Mm-hmm. Um, and people always talked about Carol Burnett. And I know everyone's going to murder me. But I always 
Carol Burnett felt sad to me. <laughs> no, hey, she was a lady of the theater. That's 100% accurate. I, yeah. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. But you know who I wanted to be? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be Rhoda. Really? I thought Rhoda was funny. <laughs> I thought that she was single. She was, she was great. Me. She was great. She wore the headband I wanted to wear. Um, <laughs> and she just came in and got the laugh and left, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, which on, on Mary Tyler Moore. But, um, but yeah, I don't remember that many. In fact, I one of the first, I guess I had must have seen some on TV, but I remember in college I was watching a TV show out of Boston and Karen Haber was on it. And I think she may have actually not only been the first introduction to it, but the first kind of place where I went, oh, that's a job. That's a job. She wow. does that job, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 yeah, see, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, again, I don't do stand-up, but it was so easy for me to listen to a thing that, oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. Because I've got all these, again, not that we necessarily as kids think of it in terms of, oh, this is a male voice, I could do that, but... But maybe, but I can't relate to not hearing a male voice ever, you right. know, so it's it's one of these things where it's like, you you don't feel excluded, but you don't realize you can be included. Right. And, I mean, so were you up That's to that point That's a brilliant funny? statement. That's a brilliant statement yeah. about everything. Well, yes. Say it again. Uh, I don't remember it. Um, You're Because not... <laughs> I'm mentally ill. <laughs> you haven't been excluded, but you... Don't realize you can be included. You can be included. Right. Oh. You know, because it's, it's, it's one is active and one is passive, and... That can do so much more damage, you know. Right. So when do you know? When do you know that you're funny enough that let's that this can be a thing for you? Is it is it that seeing that? I'm sorry, her name again. I apologize. Gracie. Yeah. No. Oh. oh uh, yeah, well, actually, how early did you discover Gracie Allen? That's um, interesting. Actually, much later. I think it was. Um, I think it was in my 20s mm-hmm. or late 20s and I used to get the they was that's when they started to sell old-timey yeah, yeah. you know um, because I remember my parents had mentioned Fanny Bryce mm-hmm. also I did tell jokes at a church um, cover dish supper uh-huh. at one point and that was when Steve Martin's era awesome. but they're really you know I don't even know who was out at that time for females Lily Tomlin, but she was doing her own thing. Right. She was not necessarily a stand well, she was a stand up, but she but was there were shows. I know. You know. She was great. Yeah. Um, she's still great now. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of her stuff gets played, I think I've heard it, um, and it's so brilliant. And I yeah, I kinda wish it had been in that category. Who else? You know what's funny? I remember more so than female comics is mm-hmm. males imitating women. Really? Like Milton Burrell sure. or you know, even the Hudson Brothers show mm-hmm. kind of had uh, that. But, um, yeah, there weren't too many. And plus, not being TV-oriented, you know, Roseanne kind of was when I started to see it. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, I know sometimes people think, like, Marilyn Monroe was funny in those movies, which she must have been. But people, it is interesting who's a stand-up. In fact, somebody told me the funniest story about how... Um, I met Phyllis Diller once. Really? And she was... She was the nicest lady, and she was so... Uh, I opened it at the Bob Hope Young Comedian Special years ago. I was the opening act, the uh-huh. warm-up. And I met her, and she was so sharp. She was not missing a beat. Awesome. And somebody told me how they went to her house, and they were looking at all the pictures on the wall. She had all these celebrity pictures. Oh, my God. And somebody points and goes, Hey, is that Lucille Ball? And without missing a beat, Phyllis Diller goes... You know, she never did stand-up. And I, <laughs> I, thought, I thought that's how we are. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so, like, 
people say Carol Burnett, and I'm always like, yeah, not not really stand up. Not, not you're right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get being possessive of it. It makes it like I would never ever you know pretend that I'm involved in the world, even though most of my interviewees are stand ups. Right. You know, it's right. hard because I call myself a comedian, but I never call myself a comic. Uh-huh. You know, like I, I, you know, but it's. God, yeah, that's interesting. I met, not just met, but performed in the vicinity of Phyllis Diller. That's oh. mind blowing to oh, me. Oh god, and she looked fantastic. Yeah, she, she really looked good. All the, I can't wait to fu- till I can have money to get all that plastic surgery because she looked great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have? This is a weird question because is there is there something on the button down mind that stands out as a favorite bit? Um, that's not the weird question. I have another weird question as a follow up. <laughs> I really liked the driving instructor. Mm-hmm. The one about Khrushchev getting off the plane, mm-hmm. um, I that was very good. But let me think real quick because um, it's not the driving instructor really stays with you the best. Mm-hmm. The other one that's fascinating is when he talks about baseball, yeah. where it's literally telling a guy how the game is played mm-hmm. and we all know exactly how it's played <laughs> right. and how that's still funny yeah. you know just from the other perspective like that's brilliant I know, that, I know. That's brilliant. you know what else surprised me because I went back and listened to it again about a month ago is it's very short yes I these know. are not long at all. I think mm-hmm. it was twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that's a that'd be great if you could do a headline right? set just twenty minutes and go home. And his first performance is live. That's the mind blowing part to me. Nobody should be that good. I right? know, I right? know, and it, it holds up today. Mm-hmm. Like, you, there's a lot of stuff I listen to or TV shows that I watch that do not yeah. hold up today. It all holds up today. He really knew. I don't know. He, he's, I guess just brilliant is the only word to use there. Most of it's not too time-specific except for Khrushchev, but, like, the rest of it, I think we all, at least the tropes are there. We understand the stuff that's super American about, like, baseball. That's easy to, mm-hmm. still relatable. Yep. Even if you don't even care that much about baseball, like, you still get it, and you get how silly it sounds when somebody describes it. And you know what else I like? Like, uh, everybody does relationship humor, sure. and I do too. But he doesn't really do it, or he doesn't do it... From uh, either my wife is so fat or I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I've right. never heard him do relationship humor. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've heard him tell jokes in interviews about his sure. wife. Yeah. But I always kind of appreciate that because I do always like people that are outside the box. Like I try mm-hmm. to go outside the box a lot. And that was just uh, that was just how he was. He was doing things other people weren't. I know. Whenever I've heard him, uh, like later on there's, a Bob, there's an album called Bob Newhart. It's I'm going to get it wrong. Is it Bob Newhart on Bob Newhart on Bob Newhart, I think is the name of it. Uh, like the most he even talks about on there is he mentions the birth of his son. But it's all about how he's outside the waiting room and dealing with all this shit and doesn't know. You know, it's, he's always the victim. Not the victim, but he's always the butt of the joke. You right. know, So, again, except for in the case maybe of the woman driver. Um, uh, my, my weird question was going to be, do you have a favorite subject matter to hear somebody joke about or make jokes about yourself? Like... Relationships, or blah blah blah, or that. You know, again, I don't know. Is there one, or is it just style, or is it just? It's a weird question. I've never asked it before, and I might not ever ask it again because I feel stupid. <laughs> but I'm just wondering. Um, well, you know what? I kind of like anything that. Um, I my another one of my favorite bits is by A. Whitney Brown, mm-hmm. and it's called um, it's called uh, Metaphors, mm-hmm. and it's just a long story. And it winds itself around at the end. Uh-huh. And it's not even true. 
okay? Mm -hmm. Or it's, you know, it's so far off in La La Land, <laughs> that, but the writing is so brilliant. And I often think that, um, I don't know if I have a particular favorite topic, but especially when I see open micers and stuff, and I see somebody grab at something that is not, you know, um, single or... Uh, you know, we'll, we all have that, four or five minutes of that. Sure. But when somebody goes further, when somebody is talking about dinosaurs or something, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Something yeah. where you go, wow, where did that come yeah. from? Yeah, thank you, Dan uh, Or Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or they're not angry. Yeah. You know, because I try to do more positive. Um, I try to be like, I'm stupid, but it's positive kind of thing. <laughs> um, but that I really like a lot. Mm -hmm. So anytime it's sort of the switch or um, I'm trying to think what's a what's a... A great topic somebody grabbed that um, you know even with the paranormal at least that's out of the you know but you know it, it's very interesting because we as comics love to see somebody grabbing outside of the box mm -hmm. but the audience is just as happy with you know um, sex mm -hmm. wife no money right you know that's yeah. they're just they don't they don't judge hack or not hack or heard it before it's just right. you know so it's really interesting when someone is that far out um there's a guy named tamar katan okay that's um he's middle eastern mm -hmm. and um he's from egypt and he is just brilliant and he approaches very scary you know topics that would be scary today mm -hmm. and he just goes head in and i love that because he's talking about politics and he's talking about it from the point of uh, someone from the middle east mm -hmm. and how everything is crazy now so like to me he's incredibly brave i would never do that right um and then on the other hand there's a guy named brian kiley who's the greatest yeah. writer ever yeah ever yeah. and i can watch him do anything so, so I guess I'm contradicting myself. But like, if he does marriage jokes, sure. I love them because yeah. they're crafted so well. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I don't know. Maybe that is a weird, um, weird topic. Yeah, yeah, it was a weird question. Don't worry about it. I, <laughs> but I, I think we got somewhere with it, so that was good. Yeah. Um, but what's funny though is like there is this weird. There's this thing about Bob Newhart where he's taken for granted as mm -hmm. like he's he's this guy. He's this elder statesman of comedy. Uh, you know, and this this is just how comedy goes, and so it's it, the fun thing to me is to look back on it and, like you say, just either find out that it still holds up, or I mean, is is there anything about him that influences you directly that you can notice? Well, there's a first of all, um, I would say his ego is in place, which mm -hmm. ego is where you know you have to know where you stand. Sure, and um, in his shows. Uh, he was the oddball because everyone else was so nuts. Yeah. Like, that was the beauty of that he was the most downplayed character among all these crazy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that to me, number one, was great. Um, but number two, I once heard him say the final episode of the second series that everybody couldn't get over, mm -hmm. he will go, He, I believe he said, it was either his wife I think it was his wife that said, "You know, you should just make it all a dream," <laughs> or and and it, like he totally gave her credit. Yeah. Like that was, you know, like he just knew. But I love that he is so underplayed. He underplays himself. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is weird too, because I mean, if you think about it, the person on the other end of the phone in these sketches is the straight man. 
You know, like, whereas if they did the sketch together, I don't know how it would play, but definitely since you can't hear them, like, you have to picture, you know, you're getting nothing off of them. So Mm -hmm. he gets to laugh like an idiot, or, you know, but it's this this interesting build, dramatic build into, like, laughing his ass off, if you know, depending on what it, I love when he laughs, by the way. He has the most beautiful, like, acted laugh. I don't know how he, how he does that. Uh, but yeah, that's what's most interesting to me is like that he can be understated, but also technically not be the straight man through almost every bit. Right. There was one episode on the one that was took place in Vermont, mm-hmm. and um, he was doing a marathon, or he's staying up all okay. night. Okay. Okay. And it was obviously where he was so sleep deprived, he was <laughs> unbelievably silly. Uh-huh. And that when you see him break character, oh, sort of, so it's the best. Mm-hmm. It's the best. <laughs> Just like on the 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 first series where he. There's an episode that takes place during Thanksgiving, and he and the other two guys are stuck there together, and you just get so shit-faced. Oh. Oh, my God. That is one of my favorite episodes of TV of all time, just because of that. Just watching him break straight man. Right. Oh, it's right. so, so, so good. Did you... Okay, so if you had these albums sitting around the house... I mean, were there other comedy albums sitting around the house as um, a kid? I used to get them at the library. Really? Okay. And I used to get the same ones over and over and over. And they were pretty much, uh, it was pretty much Bill Cosby and uh, Bob Newhart in the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe there was also some Ray Conniff singers. Uh-huh, of and course. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then also when I started going to the library and spreading out a little more, I think that's when I found um, Steve Martin was probably the next album to come in the sure. house, which probably came in through my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let me think what else we had around the house. Not too much. Um, did you? Did she have her own stereo? Because it doesn't sound like that's one of your parents would necessarily want playing out loud. I'm just wondering. Steve Martin could get a little risque, so I'm wondering. Or did they not notice? Maybe we were in the other... We had a den, yeah, okay. so we were in the other room. All right, okay. That. Um... But I can't remember what else. I know there wasn't any Rodney Dangerfield. Um, and maybe that was it. Maybe it was a lot of Cosby and Newhart. Mm-hmm. Which really was aimed for anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah kids. Um, but yeah, I remember the Steve Martin, who I think now he had about four albums, didn't he? Let's see. We had Wild and Crazy Guy, uh-huh. uh, Let's Get Small. Comedy isn't pretty. Comedy isn't pretty. And then there's the Steve Martin Brothers, which I think is half music, half... I've never heard it. That is the only Steve Martin album I haven't heard. But yes, you're right. There's definitely four. You know what kind of... I don't know that this was comedy, but the Hudson Brothers album was Mm -hmm. in our house. And they used to do sketches. Okay. So they weren't stand-up, but I remember that. I remember being the Hudson Brothers. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. a long time ago. Um, But I can't remember any other stand-ups, per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, were albums a thing for you once you decided comedy was going to be your thing? Or was it just seeing it live? Some people don't even buy albums after. Uh, I, when I really started, it was video. Mm-hmm. So I would get video, 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 video. Sure. And I believe I used to get them at the library. Again, I was always getting something from the library. Um, but it was more um, listening to them over and over. And I used to like... Um, Oh, I used to videotape a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and I know I feel like there are certain people like Larry Miller who actually I would say taught me how to write a joke. Yeah, because I would actually diagram their jokes to figure That's out how awesome. they, you know, how they did it. Because I'm very like uh, like with Brian, I like the technical writing. I like it to mm-hmm. be very technically proficient, and I like the economy of words. I do remember I'm not a Woody Allen movie fan at all, but his first tape oof, was oof, was so good was so good, yeah. unbelievably good, yeah. that you wonder why he left the craft. 
know. Well, I, good money, I guess. I know, <laughs> but know. I, I can't stand his movies. I know that everyone's going to yell at me. But That's okay. I like his first two movies, and the rest I couldn't take or leave. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then after that, let's see where did the albums go after that. I remember a lot of Carlin, mm-hmm. a lot of Carlin, um, and Eddie Murphy came along at that time. Mm-hmm. He was great. Um, but I think it was always kind of taping that Tonight Show and watching who was on the... Sure. Yeah. yeah. Were you like physically, did you have a notebook? Yes. Yeah, it wasn't just in your head. You no, were no. literally writing it down. I oh, diagrammed so some cool. of the jokes. And, and one of my favorite books is actually called Comedy Writing Secrets by Melvin Hertzler. Oh, yeah. And okay. it's very old mm-hmm. and it's great. It's a great book. Oh, I also remember starting to watch Rodney Dangerfield's specials. He would have specials and it would mm-hmm. be dice and it would be, you know, everybody would be on it. Um, but I loved that book and it was almost, it's very hard to read it because it's almost like a technical book for mm-hmm. comedy. And I always noticed when people would ask me, how do you write jokes? But the folks that read the whole book, stayed in the business yeah. and the ones that couldn't stand it sort of filtered out mm-hmm. but I think that I do believe in that some people don't that there's really technically seven or nine jokes mm-hmm. and they're just being rewritten or their formulas yeah, yeah. and I always resort back to that because I think to be a great writer what just happens is those formulas stick in your head and they come out easily sure. they, they are shifted they come through so much information I once read a there was a cognitive scientist named um, Edward de Bono and okay. he wrote books on cognitive thinking mm-hmm. and he taught um, logical thinking to businesses in other words we okay. think horizontal one step next step next step and he sure. taught them to think um, uh, you know sideways sort of and the first thing he would do is he would diagram a joke mm-hmm. and he would say this is split thinking this is thinking in two ways at once Okay. so you could say like a, a real simple joke would be um my father was a rabbit hunter, finally shot a rabbit, scared the heck out of the magician. <laughs> so thinking mm-hmm. in two ways, yeah. where, you know, that's where your surprise comes from. And um, it was funny because at that same time I had a friend who was a psychologist and she gave me the Minnesota personality test or something. And she said, you came up 80 per- 80% schizophrenic. And I was like, what's that? And she goes, no, no, no. It's a little high, but it's where comics should be on the scale because they're splitting thoughts uh-huh. so they can think in twos. Um, so I always found that interesting that those two things happened at once. Wow. And I think when you train your mind to see that, mm-hmm. one of the exercises in his book was to like take an object and, and come up for two, come up with two or three um, different things. Like he, I think his example was he took an ashtray and he was like, look, it's a contact lens for an elephant mm-hmm. or, you know, it's a door stopper. Or a, and you're training your brain to see around in so many different ways yeah. that I really think you can exercise your brain into being funnier. Right, yeah. I mean, I, well, I, I want to believe that. I, I, I have a problem with people saying that you're either born funny or you're born with it or not. Cause I do too. You know, because I've seen people be not funny and then be really great I mean yeah. people say that about Hannibal Buress they say that he was not all that great when he started out and then all of a sudden he did the work and just like ba-boom mm-hmm. you know I mean so that, that that right there I mean that's a solid example of exactly you've know. seen people get it together and also um, we all know comics that have no sense of humor right you know right, and, right. Uh, and also um uh, people think Robin Williams just got up and did that and that's the biggest <laughs> yeah that's the greatest false 
you know, mm-hmm. he worked hard and some, you know, yeah. sometimes uh, it, it wasn't, nothing is that. Like, I know how to improv on stage. Hey, what do you do for a living, this and that. And I do improv with my tarot cards. Uh-huh. But that's not, that's a skill that's been honed over 25 years. Yeah. That's not, you know, and it's funny when you see people when they say, oh, everyone tells me I should be a comic. And I always go, I'll give you five minutes on my show. Wait till you see how long five minutes are. You know, to say that you're funny by the water cooler is exactly the same as what I do? Not really. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, but I also like that you appreciate that if that same dipshit, and I'm just being <laughs> general, but like if that same person tried and really wanted to do it, they probably uh, could. Absolutely. You know, and I, I appreciate it. Not most comics will admit that not anybody can do it, but anybody who tries hard can at least, you know, get... A certain distance along. Exactly. You know? And if they focus that hard, you know what it is too? It's like when you first start out, you have to try out 10 jokes and one will be funny. Mm-hmm. And what happens is as your career goes on, that lowers. You got to try out two and one will be funny mm-hmm. or whatever. So if this person really wants to work hard, somebody may have to write 100 jokes, yeah. but that doesn't mean they can't do it. Yeah. Plus, people don't realize, like, especially when I go out on dates and stuff, guys will be like, well, um, See, I can be funny, too, or they'll say something funny. And I think people are genuinely funny when they're just being themselves. When they just, you know, in any situation or just being honest is normally when they're funny. And they don't realize the stage is a different thing. It's a presentation. Sure, yeah. But then somehow also finding a way to access that same honesty while doing a stage thing. I mean, that's the real fucking challenge. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't... Like, because you're talking about... Because I love talking about the craft of joke writing. I love it. I'm interested in it. It bores the fuck out of some people. Oh, I know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how my my audience thinks of that. But, I, like, it's my favorite thing. I could sit and talk about structure and why word choice can make the difference between a good joke and a shit joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and same now in an era where people are so afraid of the quote-unquote PC police when it's just like, no, you just, we're fucking learning to adapt like we always have. Right, you know? right. Um, so, I mean, that shit is fascinating. To me. I think so much like you. I'm actually not worried about the PC police, and I think that um, I actually have, I think sometimes political correctness is good. And mm-hmm. I know that comics will hate me for that, but I mean, you know what? Um, I, then the only example I can think of is when they want to change the name from the Braves. Uh-huh. You know what? I don't see that as a big deal. In mm-hmm. fact, now, the you know, if that's ru- ruining some, you know, I mean, you don't have to be that politically correct. Like, sure. people will pick out one example where one kid in a, in a, you know, small town of 12 people got in trouble for wearing a shirt, and they'll think that's the whole country. That's not what's going on. Right, right, right. But my, yeah, it's funny. I think maybe that's why my best friend, um, Lamont, he, I call him my best friend in comedy. He may be because we will sit for hours and discuss you know, the highest number you want to use is 12 because it has one syllable. Or mm-hmm. I'll call him and I go, I did a joke the other day, and uh, the joke was, uh, I just said I thought that uh, somebody put an, I thought the aliens put an implant in me, but it just turns out there was a loose corn chip in my underwear. <laughs> and and so I call him and I'm like, is it corn chip or Frito? And he's like, I, I like corn chip, but Frito's better. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And we'll talk for a half an hour about stuff like that. Right. And um, that to me is the science. And you can't nail it down. You always yeah. have to get out and try it. Right. You know what's funny is I think there are a lot of comics who... who who will talk about either themselves or other comics who don't do it the way you're doing it. But I think at the end of the day, I think they do, because mm-hmm. I think it's the difference between two different types of minds. Yours is a type of mind 
who wants to and actively does write stuff down, and that helps you think about it. Where some people might just be better at absorbing it without writing it down, mm-hmm. where it does fuck it up for them, right? But I think you're doing the same process. I do too. But you know, but where people be like, well, I don't think about it that way. No, I think you do. You just don't write it down. You don't. <laughs> they try a the big way. story. They'll try out a big story, and then the more times they do the story, you watch the shorter it gets and the mm-hmm. tighter it gets. So they're tightening it up in their mind without yeah. the paper. I mean, lucky you. You don't have to use paper. Great. Yeah. You should just be happy with that. But acknowledge that you're doing something. Yeah. I think everybody likes to think they're funnier than they are. Sure. So they're kind of like, no, I just go up there and yeah. I say what's happening and I'm true. I tell the truth about the world. Uh-huh. I'm, you know, I'm the truth. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Well, well we li- we're in an entertainment. We're in a business that thrives on the word talent, which means nothing. It's right. Skill. <laughs> it's like you're not born with this shit. Like, right. stop pretending. Yes, Tom Cruise was born looking the handsome as fuck, <laughs> except for his weird teeth that he had. So he got those fixed. And, you know, he had an advantage. Uh-huh. But, you know, that doesn't... Like, he is a brilliant actor because he, like, he, he worked. He worked right. at it, you he know? He worked, he met the right people, and a little bit of luck. Yeah. Everything is... Work. You know, even in... in um, that, that is what I... Th- I mean, well, um, all my metaphysical stuff believes that we have layers upon layers of... I believe the positive uh, law of attraction, mm-hmm. but I think it's not that simple like that movie. I think we have layers upon layers of things that have stopped us through our lives sure. and we go through them and some people just don't have them so it's always just keep working hard just keep going you know don't think it's going to happen overnight for sure. some people it does but stay positive and just know i think anything is possible yeah yeah and you know and the thing is too like I, it would be interesting for me to see maybe on it on, on it just on, i keep touching your table because it's just very big and blank <laughs> canvas for my brain um but like i would like to see sort of a, if, if you could ever pull it would be of no interest to you or help to you but if you could pull your audience of the people who are just there and, and dig your comedy and the people who are instantly judging you before they listen to you you know what I mean uh-huh. listen to you all the way and I think most of the people who are judging you have the exact same beliefs as you do just worded in a completely different way yeah. you know they might be religious but it's, in, in right. a lot of cases it's the same freaking beliefs as spirituality you know and I'm not either religious or spiritual but you're saying things that I completely relate to right and I'm also open-minded so I'd be willing to watch comedy by somebody who doesn't agree with me you know I, I don't care I've seen religious comics right I actually just bought a few albums by some local religious comics I'm oh. a little afraid because they're from the 60s so those are going to be crazy oh that's they're going to be nuts like I bought a bunch of local comics that I'd never heard of before at this wow. shop in Kalamazoo for like two bucks a piece and I'm like I cannot <laughs> wait this could be really like scary. Well, you know the biggest. I think actually the the highest paid or biggest comedian mm-hmm. in, in the in the world is a comedian, and she's a Christian comedian. Yeah, I can't remember mm-hmm. her name. That's interesting. But she does churches and churches and, and yeah. yeah. And wow. I but I remember actually it was Lori Kilmartin that posted it once, and she posted what, and it was like the highest paid comedian is. Wow. So she's sort of doing a spiritual motivational. Sure. And you hear a lot of them on Sirius XM. Okay, okay. Um, and I remember watching one guy that actually, that was really funny, and they ta- I think he was on 60 Minutes or something, and he was just cleaning up in the, mm-hmm. you know, the Christian family but comedy thing. But, you know, there is a call for that. Sure. People, if they can go see stuff with their kids, the only thing I bet it's very hard, because I've done a lot of, um, well, th- I've been actually 
I did a show where I was doing the tarot on stage okay. with my friend who's an animal communicator. We do our comedy show, then we do that on the stage. And the, we were in Pennsylvania, and it was a building that was next to a church. Uh-huh. And I get a phone call on the airplane, don't panic, but we have to find a new place. A newspaper article came out, and the parishioners from the church were not allowed tarot in. Wow. It went, like the, the minister was like... I had no idea this was going to be the reaction. Oh, goodness. So we had to move. But when I do, I'll do stuff that, you know, and just don't do the tarot, and I'm that clean that I can do Christian or sure. faith stuff. And the thing is, they always worry. You can feel they'll laugh, but they always have that worry. Like, this could go sour at any <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. She might swear at any time. You know what <laughs> oh, I mean? no. So you, those are sometimes more judgmental than, wow. than anything. God, that's know? harsh. That's but cool. when they trust you, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's very funny because I was talking to someone because most of my stuff is clean, or you could say PG thirteen. If you're coming to see my show, it's PG thirteen, um, with a couple of swear words. And when I do corporate, of course, it's you know mm-hmm. G or PG. I don't even know what the line is now because I'll go, I'll be prepared to go crystal clean, and then they act in front of me filthy and they'll be laughing and so no funny. one cares yeah. and you're like I'm like okay I must be an old lady in this business because <laughs> I don't because I'm not following that but um, it is funny how um, people will say um, thank you for being clean but you know they never they never really say that in a club uh-huh. they never yeah. if you're doing a corporate or something where oh we were worried about it and there's kids around but people never really you know, I w- somebody was saying, they never really thank you for that. Thank you for being the clean one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. And somebody like Bob Newhart never has to deal with it because I guess it's just assumed. Although, again, right. I think it's really funny. Like, we had his son on the podcast to talk about. Oh, wow. Yeah, just, and like, his favorite comic was Richard Pryor. Ah. And I love that that was what appealed to him. He just didn't do it because he knew it paid and he knew he could do what he did well. Right. But there is some stuff that, like, his favorite, Rob Newhart's favorite bit of his dad's was this bit that I hadn't heard before where it's all about a guy who's about to jump off a ledge and it's dark as shit. Wow. And it's great. And it is great. But it's it's one of those things where I think in the right room, because Bob Newhart's the one doing it, right. it would play. They'd give him a pass because it's Bob Newhart. Right. You know, especially now. Can we find that on the internet? Uh, yeah, it is. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. I'll have oh, to you find it. You know what, too? In those days, I really think people were not uptight about anything. Sure. So they did use slang, and mm-hmm. they did use, you know, a woman driver, whatever. That was probably a joke. In the 70s, I mean, I'm Rontowski. The Polish jokes mm-hmm. were, we didn't care sure. at all. And I think there were Italian jokes at that time, and there's Jewish jokes. And not that, I mean, I understand that we outgrew that mm-hmm. with racism. Sure. Because racism left mm-hmm. behind it. Mm-hmm. But it was a much lighter thing. So talking about somebody jumping off a ledge probably... Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, and it's a great bit. It's yeah. a solid bit. It's really, really, really. Does his son do stand-up? No, okay. no. He's uh, he's a director, but he did. The reason I had him on the show is because it was a very rare occasion where he's in. The, have you ever seen the movie? Oh God, what's it called? Heart and Souls stars Robert Downey Jr. I know of it. Let's say ninety-five. It would be my kind of movie, something. right? Somebody it's, passed away. Uh, it is. Uh, it's about this kid who is his guardian angels are a bunch of people who died on a bus in a bus wreck in San Francisco. And his thing is to help them do their final thing. Like, one guy needs performance stage. One lady needs to reunite her kid and something, something like that. Um, and <clears throat> it opens. The kid is running through the Purple Onion 
it, or the Hungry Eye. I think it's Purple Onion in San Francisco, and he runs past Bob Newhart on stage while it's Rob Newhart playing his dad. Oh, yeah. oh that's funny. And I was like, that's never happened before. Nobody's ever done that, at least in terms of stand-up. So I was like, this would be cool. And he talked about it. It was fun, but mostly it was great listening to him talk about his dad's love of Richard Pryor. Oh, wow. Turns out he went to school with Kelly Carlin, so, which I didn't. I want to have them both on the show at the same time. Oh, that yeah. Last. Yeah. They were both fans of one another's dad's works and oh, stuff. Oh, that's you know? funny. Um, uh, okay, so this album, not that you need to recommend it to anybody, but if you're going to recommend why to listen to The Button Down Mind, what's a good, solid reason? Um, because it's still, to this day, on the cutting edge. Yeah. It's still something that nobody else has done, or at least as well, mm-hmm. or with that kind of consistency. And it's brilliant. I agree. That's the simplest answer anybody's ever given on the show. <laughs> um, yeah. This... <laughs> It, it really is like he made that one thing his niche. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing to stick with one thing without mm-hmm. making people sick of it. Yeah. Without it feeling like a gimmick and somehow it doesn't. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I honestly, this is something I've talked about before too. I would give a lot of credit to his acting. I think he's a brilliant actor and I think oh, that's yeah. a big part of it. Yeah. You know, not all, not all stand-ups are necessarily good actors. They might be, I'm a great storyteller. That's my thing. He's a great actor. And the, um, you know, and I do this on stage, but really... The pauses that he takes mm-hmm. are so... People don't understand how much confidence are in oh. those pauses yeah. to just wait and then have... And stutter. And stutter, uh-huh. you know? Because <laughs> uh-huh. I think, from if, if I remember correctly, he does have a natural stammer, but it's not that. Right. He knows how to use it for the stage. That's perfect. And that's so good. Um, I don't know when this is coming out, so I apologize. That's it could okay. be several weeks. But <laughs> is there anything coming up? And where should people find you? Uh, let's, people can always find me at KarenRontowski.com or Twitter at Rontowski. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, through my website, it has all kinds of paranormal stuff. It mm-hmm. has tarot readings. And hopefully, I'll start having the episodes of Paranormal Karen up. Awesome. So, yeah. so good. Um, well, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, and Psychic Stand-Up is once a month at oh. Flappers. At Flappers. Oh, right down the street from me. Puts That's everything perfect. together. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, thank you for doing this. Thank you Very for much. coming to my house. Thank you guys for listening. And as... Oh, uh, actually, I don't know... Like I said, I don't know when the fuck this is coming out. But uh, watch my movie at lookingforwardmovie.com. It's coming out one blog at a time throughout the year. And then we'll cut it into a full movie next year. We're at like seven hours as of the recording of seven hours of blogs. And then my first feature-length documentary comes out December 6th. Uh, All that information will be at stolendress.com. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune into the new Stand Up channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast. Thank you.